everybody. As Jim said, my name is Martha Kate Hall. I am the minister to preschoolers and families here, and this church is my home. And if it's not your home, I want you to know that we are so glad that you're here. And if it is your home, we're so glad that you took time this morning to be with us. I am going to start a little bit differently this morning. Um, we're not going to crack open our Bibles quite yet, but if you want to have it in front of you, our scripture for today is 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I'm going to ask for a little bit of latitude. Um, I'm going to kind of retell that story a little bit. So as we get started, I need to give you a little bit of background. Like I said, we're starting in chapter 3. But let's back up to chapter 1 of 1 Samuel. And in that story, it begins with Hannah. Hannah has been distraught. She has prayed and asked for a child. She's wanted a child for a very long time, and she just hasn't had one. And she went to the temple, and in the temple, Eli was there. And Hannah begins begging and pleading, so much so that Eli wonders if she's a little bit crazy as she's asking God to bless her with a child. And she promises God that if God will give her a child, that she will give that child back over in service completely to God. Eli was there, he watched her closely, and in the end, he blessed her saying, go in peace and may God grant what you have asked. So later in the chapter, we read that Hannah did in fact have a son. She named him Samuel, and that name means God has heard, because God in fact did hear the cry of Hannah, the request and the prayers that she had. And so Hannah keeps her promise. She takes her son Samuel when he is old enough to the temple, and he serves there under Eli as his helper. Eli and Samuel grow very close. Samuel becomes as close as a son to Eli, even closer in some ways than his own children were. So now as we move into our story for today, into chapter 3, this story is going to focus on relationship, relationship between Samuel, Eli, and God. So if you would, imagine with me what it's like there in the temple. It's dark. All of the lamps have been extinguished except for one dim light there in the holiest of holies. Eli has gone to lie down in his room. Samuel has gone to lie down in his room. It's quiet. It's dark. The silence was hollow, almost deafening. Samuel was in the most holy part of the temple. He spread his mat on the floor and laid down. And just as he began to close his eyes, he heard a voice calling. That voice was soft, almost a whisper, Samuel, Samuel. Of course, Samuel assumed that the voice he heard was the voice of Eli. They were, in fact, the only two people there in the temple late at night. Samuel began to wonder, what could be wrong? What does Eli need? Did I forgot, forget to extinguish some of the lamps? Samuel ran into Eli's room saying, here I am, you called me? Eli was just beginning to fall asleep, so he's a little bit startled as Samuel runs into the room and didn't understand why Samuel was coming in to disturb him. I did not call you, go back and lie down, Eli replied. Samuel shuffled back to his mat, rubbing his eyes, getting sleepy. So he goes and lays back down, and just as he begins to fall asleep again, he hears the voice again, 
this time a little louder. Samuel? Samuel sat up, startled again. He didn't know how this could be anyone except for Eli. Samuel quickly walked back into Eli's room and says, here I am, you called me? Eli sat up and looked puzzled. He said to Samuel, almost chuckling, I did not call you, go back and lie down. This beginning of the story is almost a little bit comical. Samuel is certain that Eli is the one who's calling him, and Eli is adamant that he has not been calling Samuel. Was Samuel hearing voices? Why does Samuel keep going in to interrupt Eli's sleep? Surely he knows by now that Eli is not the one calling. Can you hear me now? Perhaps you remember the ad campaign that ran from 2002 until 2011. This marketing campaign by Verizon Wireless was a rather successful one, featuring this same test man character popping up in all sorts of obscure places. Sometimes he's out in the field, sometimes he's in an office, he's even popping up out of the sewer at one point. He moved around place to place and always saying the tagline, can you hear me now? This campaign was so successful, in fact, that this individual, and he was so memorable, that he left Verizon and did the exact same ad campaign for their competitor Sprint later on. While it does seem silly to think of God like this test man character going around saying, can you hear me now? How many times is God perhaps repeating a call just as he is to Samuel? Samuel, Samuel, can you hear me now? Now we move into the next act of the story. Samuel hears a voice for the third time. Oh, good grief, thinks Samuel. What in the world does Eli need from me? I know I'm not crazy. Eli, Samuel stumbles into Eli's room yet again, feeling a little bit annoyed at this point. Here I am, Eli, what do you need? At that moment, a light bulb goes off for Eli. Eli realizes who it is calling the boy. Eli says to Samuel, go lie down, and if the voice calls to you again, say, speak. I am your servant, ready to listen. Samuel felt such a sense of relief, but then immediately he was anxious. He was glad to finally understand what had been happening and to know how to respond. But the Lord was calling him? Yahweh? How could Samuel talk to God? Even though he was anxious, Samuel returned to his mat and lay down. And of course, he was not going to sleep at this point, waiting for the voice. And the voice came again. At this time, this time it was even clearer and louder than it had been before. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel paused, and then nervously he replied, Speak, for your servant is listening. As many of you know, I have two daughters, and so you can imagine that growing up with them in our house, Disney movies were no stranger to our family. We've watched countless movies over and over again, singing songs and all of that. 
And I remember when the movie Moana came out. That was one we watched on repeat over and over. And it's one of those that the songs get stuck in your head and you'll find yourself singing them even when your kids aren't around, or maybe that's just me. Moana lives on the tropical island of Montanui, where she is the daughter of the village chief. And as the chief's daughter, she will one day become chief herself. So she is working on skills and to develop relationships so that she is prepared for this role. Throughout the beginning of the movie, however, Moana feels a tug. She feels a pull to the sea. And she's encouraged by her grandmother Tala to explore that pull and follow her heart. After continuing to try to help the people in her village in countless ways, address issues of poor harvest, lack of fish, Moana finally gives in. She says yes and decides to turn to the sea. It's forbidden to sail past the reef, but Moana believes that there are more fish beyond. So she goes out to the sea, determined to help her people. It's clear that she has felt this call of the ocean for most of her life, but ignored that call. And out of a deep need to help her people, she follows that call, turns to the sea. She discovers that she comes from a long line of voyagers who lived on the sea and explored the waters until they became too treacherous. This call was simply one that Moana could not ignore. When she first heeds the call and ventures out onto the ocean, she sings these words. See the line where the sky meets the sea? It calls me, and no one knows how far it goes. If the wind in my sail on the sea stays behind me, one day I'll know. If I go, there's just no telling how far I'll go. I want us to take a deeper look now to the characters in this story. As I mentioned, we have Eli, Samuel, and God, and they all have a unique part to play. And I believe we can identify with and learn something from each one of these characters in the story. So let's start with the role of Eli, who is helping to guide and direct. Eli plays a crucial role in coaching Samuel and helping him learn how to listen and respond to God's call. Samuel struggles this entire story to understand what is happening, and it's only with Eli's guidance that he does understand. In fact, in verse 8, we read, that's when it dawned on Eli that God was calling the boy. It's Eli who understands and is able to guide Samuel into what is happening. Samuel was ready to listen each and every time, whether it was Eli calling and then when it is in fact God calling. But he needs Eli's help in understanding how to hear that message. I'm sure we've all encountered situations where we play the role of helper or coach. Maybe a friend has shared a struggle with you that they are dealing with, and you are helping them to discern how God is calling them and speaking to them. Next, we move to the character of Samuel. And I have to tell you, he is my favorite biblical character of any. Samuel, this, is the first sto this story is the first time in which God is speaking directly to Samuel. But it's definitely not the last time. Isn't it interesting how Samuel mistakes God's voice for Eli's voice? It's a voice of familiarity and comfort to Samuel. I have always admired Samuel's openness here. Each time, 
He responds to Eli with a sense of urgency, such a willingness to help and to hear whatever it is that Eli is saying. Samuel is ready and willing to hear the voice. He was ready and willing to hear what Eli had to say. He was ready and willing to hear what God was telling him. He's ready to hear that message no matter what it is. He's ready to serve Eli and God in whatever way necessary. His answer of, here I am, is an appropriate response to each of them. Surely we've been Samuel as well, the one being called but unable to discern where that voice is coming from or what is being said. God has called to each one of us over and over, trying to get our attention, but perhaps we aren't hearing. We always need to be attentive and listening. Of course, we think of that when we're trying to make large decisions in our lives or we find ourselves at a crossroads. We may be intentional about turning to people or scripture to hear God's voice. But even in the small moments, even in those small decisions, we want to listen. God is present to guide and direct us at all times of difficulty and decision-making. We may not always hear God's voice as loudly and clearly as Samuel, and the call as it was to Moana may not be quite so strong in our lives, but God can and will speak to us. Finally, let's look at the role that God plays in this particular story. Here, God continues to call but no one is listening. Eli doesn't realize who's calling at first. Samuel isn't able to discern that the call is coming from God. Haven't we all experienced something like what God experienced? I know I have. I've called my children over and over repeatedly. It's time for dinner, time to get ready for bed. Meanwhile, they're busy playing or reading or interacting with one another and they don't hear me until the third or fourth time that I call them. We've been the ones calling for someone without any response. Perhaps we've even felt like we are calling to God with no answer. This can certainly be upsetting and frustrating. God's call to Samuel is a personal call. God did not stop calling no matter how many times it took. God comes to Samuel alone at night. In the same way, God calls each of us personally just as he did to Samuel. God's voice will not sound the same to each one of us, but God will speak to us in the way that we can best hear and understand. The call Moana felt to the sea was deeply personal as well. The sea was part of her, a part of her people. This was a call she could hear and understand. To Samuel, the voice of God sounded like Eli's voice, a familiar sound. This offered comfort and allowed Samuel to hear and understand clearly. There are many ways that God may speak. We hear stories of God speaking audibly in the Old Testament, but God speaks to us each and every day through friends, through nature, through music, through worship. Sometimes we don't even realize that God is speaking to us. Just like Samuel, God may have to call us three, four, or more times before we even hear. Can you hear me now? 
We are surrounded by distractions, and so many people and various voices are calling us in a variety of directions. We hear the voices of friends, family members, news, social media, the voices in our own heads of decisions we're struggling with, thoughts of self-doubt, work and family responsibilities. With all of these voices, it's no wonder that it's hard to hear God's voice. God may call us when we least expect it or when it isn't a convenient moment for us. God may have to call us repeatedly to get us to hear, just like Samuel. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? We are surrounded by distractions, and the call of God is not always as clear as we might hope. Nevertheless, we can be certain that God is calling. It seems obvious that we would listen for God's voice and be aware when making large decisions. But how often do you listen for God's voice in those small daily actions that you take? How many times has the Lord been softly calling your name, just as Samuel's name was called? What voice have you possibly heard and ignored, thinking it was someone else? Surely this isn't God's voice. Perhaps someone has asked you to serve in the church in some way. This could be God's voice calling you to follow. Perhaps you've heard a whisper about a need within our community. Perhaps you are uniquely qualified and God is calling you to meet that need. Even the simplest of things, rocking a baby, delivering a meal to someone who is ill, holding the door open for someone whose hands are full, giving a hug to someone who's having a difficult day, each word of encouragement, each action we take can be an answer to the call of God. There are no small actions or insignificant ways of following God's call. You don't have to have some big grand event, something simple. In verse 7, a particularly important point is made. This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. Surely Samuel would have known about the Lord. Hannah, his mother, and Eli, his mentor, would have shared stories of God and God's relationship with Israel. But knowing about God and knowing God are two different things. Knowing about God and knowing God are not the same. The Hebrew word here used for know suggests an intimate knowledge, even a personal relationship with God. If Samuel didn't know the Lord for himself, if he had not established a relationship with God, how could he be expected to hear, much less understand, what God was saying to him? In order to truly listen, and hear God, we must be in relationship with God. In order to hear God through Scripture, we must spend time studying Scripture. In order to hear God through the voice of friends and family, we must be in conversation with those people about our relationship with God. What Samuel gained from this late-night chit-chat with God was a deeper knowledge and a more personal relationship. 
The same can be true for us as well. The more we listen and follow God's call, the deeper our relationship with God will be. God is there. God is calling. How might God be calling you today? How might you respond to the ways that God is calling? Perhaps there's a big, significant decision that you need to make in your life. Perhaps God is nudging you to say yes to serve in our church or the community in some way. Respond as Samuel would. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Will you pray with me? God, open our ears. Open our hearts. We know that you are speaking. We know that you are calling. Help us be attentive to hear, to listen to what you are calling us to do, to say, how you are calling us to be in deeper relationship with you. Amen.